What is up and welcome in to the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. I'm your host, Ezra McCann, and I'm joined, as always, by my outstanding co-hosts. He's a Chicago Public League legend. He's a Simeon Wolverine legend. He's a Grambling State Tiger legend. He was a uh, second baseman for them back in the day. He was all swack as Brandon Williams, a.k.a. Coach Smoke. We've got our NFL draft. I don't even know what to call you now, man. A guru. Oh, a wizard. The wizard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he got, he damn near got all the picks right. You can catch him at NBC Sports Chicago. He is RGM Glenn Morgan. And we've got a bonus for you, everyone. We've got the host of the Under Center podcast, my main man, Ken Davis. Gentlemen, how you guys doing? Glad you guys are here. How you guys, what's going on? Hey, dude, I'm floating on cloud nine, man. <laughs> yeah, just, I like Christmas in April. So let me, let me, <laughs> let me start here. Uh, uh, Ken and Glenn, you guys did a great job um, um, hosting the 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 in-draft uh, show on NBC Sports uh, Chicago, holding it down. You guys did outstanding. Just wanted to give you guys all the props. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Did an outstanding job there. Um, so I guess we start. I guess the Bears. That's 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 the number one priority here, and they uh, they got started uh, real quick with a nice trade with Philly, with Jalen Carter on the board, and uh, ended up going with Tennessee tackle Darnell Wright, who I, I think one one of the guys on here said that was going to be the pick. The guy from Tennessee, <laughs> Rocky Top. The Homer. So let me, before before we start, let me start what you guys thought about the trade uh going from nine to ten, uh trading with the Eagles and then and then the draft pick. I can start yeah. start with Ken. Well, start with Ken. Yeah, guess go first, man. Always. Um live, it was frustrating. <laughs> live, yeah. it was frustrating. Um, I've I've said this, I, I may have said it on here uh last week. Uh, the whole Jalen Carter thing is, is like Madden in real life, where it's a situation where if I have you on Madden, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about what you're doing off the field, let alone your engine, because I can mm-hmm. control you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it's real life. So wanting the Bears to do something to really impact the defensive line um, and having someone that has that type of talent eases up the type of quality you have to have at the edge rushers position. Um, I was interested um, but just hindsight being 22, being 2020, and I said that night um, during the uh, football, during the NFL draft in Chicago, that the, the league told me what it was. You know, like I can like a player, but when Pete Carroll's like, nah, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And everybody's mm-hmm. like, nah, dude, I'm out. Well, it doesn't make as much sense. And we all said the team that best fits him is the Eagles. So. With me, I, my favorite, my the tackle that I think had was the best tackle as far as what they can do was right. My preference was Paris Johnson because I wanted the left tackle because at this point, I don't believe as much in Braxton Jones as the world necessarily believes in Braxton Jones. I would have liked to see him perhaps try to do it from the right side compared to doing it from the left side. Um, So that was what I, I that was my preference. But Paris Johnson was gone. You know what I'm saying? Like the cars got him up out of there quick. So if they getting Darnell right, and there's one thing that that Glenn has said, you know, Josh Rock has been pounding Darnell right into our our brain stems 
Um, I, I like down there on the right. I think they did a good job of getting the most talented tackle, even though, again, like I said, I want a left tackle. Um, I think it was sound. I mean, that that pick isn't where the questions come from when it comes from the Bears and me. Um, so that to answer that part. I know we'll go further <laughs> deeper into the draft. That pick, I'm good right there. Is I'm, I'm good. I'm, I think I think they did real good with getting Darnell right. I like Darnell right. I think they get good with solidifying the offensive line. I just hope Braxton Jones can anchor better this season. Um. Yeah, I echo a lot of that. I think as the draft was happening, I didn't like the fact that when the Bears traded down, they only got a fourth round pick. For next year. I was like, like, really? Like, come on, man. Like, you couldn't get something else this year or two things for next year? Uh, after listening to Alex and Clay and the reality that basically the Eagles are like, either you blink first or this doesn't happen and we just take them anyway and you don't get anything. Once you say it as succinctly as that, I'm like, okay, I guess you got something. So, so that's something. And, and whether or not at that point, whether or not the Bears are going to use that in a package deal, we didn't know, or something they could possibly use later or even use the pick to draft with next year. We'll see what happens. As far as moving, excuse me, as far as moving off of, of Jalen, uh, not shocked by that. I, I was kind of shocked he fell to the Bears. I actually really thought that he might either go to Seattle or uh, the, the Lions because it just seemed like that could put both teams in a really better position than what they already were. I mean, Seattle already made the playoffs last year and the Lions were on the – you know, our burgeoning team. So I thought that that could be that tipping point for them. And maybe the coaches and their staff and some of the players, they could help in terms of uh, having Jalen acclimate from his current situation uh, and also as a collegiate to the pros and being a professional. That being said, personally for Jalen, because again, I, like I said, time and time again, I don't know him. I, I don't know how he psychologically has been dealing with everything. But from our distance, from afar, personally, I'm glad he is with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of all the other Bulldogs that are that were already on the team and the ones that joined them after the draft was over with, just the way that team is constructed and the leadership and the, the front office, there's such a synergistic way of how they go about doing things that, to be quite honest, I kind of joked earlier, I thought the state of Pennsylvania would have been a great place for them to land because if it wasn't Philly, I thought the next best team was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And there were some rumors earlier, you know, as amongst all the many rumors that there were, that uh, that they might have and Tomlinson might have, uh, you know, a, a hankering for trading with the Bears if Jalen were to fall to nine, which is what happened. So, uh, and again, both of those places, we're talking about uh, organizations where there's a lot of continuity and consistency. And that's something that hopefully we'll be, we're building here. And to get back to our actual draft pick with Darnell Wright, I think getting a potential foundational piece at either end in this case it tends to be it looks like it's going to be the right end it's fantastic the other thing i love about the pick is how athletic he is how quick he is how agile he is and we've seen a couple of the highlights that we showed time and time again him pulling from the right side all the way over to the left side you don't see that too often that, with that the right was the tackle. first that was the first thing i noticed yeah. you know you don't see too many tackles that are that are good right. at, at at pulling right yeah, right that, tackles and yeah, that was the yeah. very first thing. I was like, yeah. "Whoa, that's right. and doing and doing a good job and like right. getting there yeah. Yeah. And, and and affecting the play." And you, and you're right, tackles in general. Usually, if you do see that, it's going to be the left tackle. They're generally the more athletic of the of the two. But to see a right tackle do that and to do it as 
I won't say effortless, but it's just as fluidly as he did and as effectively as he did. I'm like, oh. And again, it's like, you know, the NFL, sports in general, things are changing. Our our world is is certain evolutions in certain ways uh, that we see things from traditionally how they always have been. And we've seen that with NFL, with the passing game, how it's evolved and it's doing all types of things they never have done before. And sometimes things revert back to old ways, but then they're nouveau old ways. And the running game may be something that you might start to see become in vogue again, but done a little bit differently. Why? Because so many guys are light now because of the passing. Your linebackers aren't as heavy. They got to be able to cover these guys, you know, or you get more safeties out there playing linebacker roles and defensive linemen and edge rushers are 238, 240, not necessarily 270, 260, 280. So if you get a running game like what the Ravens have been killing people with and what the Titans have been killing people with and what we were killing people with at some point last year, now you literally have another element that you can weaponize. I know it's not the sexy wide receiver or running back that's your typical skill position that you call a weapon, but you can weaponize that dude right there. And we saw it on those highlights. I mean, dude, he was out in a move destroying people. He's getting to the second level. He's almost getting to the third level. He runs a five flat. Justin runs a four four. I mean, yeah. he's behind him, but you know, he may be ahead of him early on. Justin will catch up, but there won't be anything in front of Justin when he gets there. You know, and then both <laughs> tackles can do that. So now you've got the versatility and you can be unpredictable in your base set. Kind of like what the Falcons were doing when they made that Super Bowl run. They were killing teams with one wide receiver and three tight ends. They were killing fools. Didn't know what they were going to do. They run past whatever. So, and that's just the first pick. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so it was really, really, you know, you know, your, your mind gets to going and th- thinking like, man, what if I see it and now? Like, so how how is this organization seeing? And what it also told me, and I'll, I'll stop talking at this point, what it also told me was that Poles and Eberflus are in sync. We never saw that when Pace was here and you had Fox. Clearly, that wasn't the case. And then Pace and Nagy, after the first year of, oh, hey, aren't we great? We had a great year. That stuff seemed to be like they were on, you know, two different planes going or two different. They said they were together, but it's like y'all don't seem to be on the same page. Fox, These guys, Fox didn't know who he was draft, who they were drafting right. in 2018. Yeah. No clue, no clue. Yeah. So, so yeah. this is letting me know that these guys are simpatico. And in polls, if you watch a lot of, especially after the the, the draft happened, the, the postseason presser he was giving. A lot of what he was saying is like, this is what I, he he didn't say literally the words, but he more or less was saying this is what i'm giving my coaching staff to do this is what they need to be successful these are the players this is what we've talked about this is a skill these are these are the body types that we're going after these are the attributes that are necessary for us to have success blah 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 all the and keeping guess what that's what he's been saying since they got here and i love that too he's been consistent with what he said since he's been here he's been as transparent as you can be and it's like okay well you're saying what you said you're gonna do you did it all right let's go yeah, uh, yeah. To speak on the trade, I think one of the shows, like, might have been right after the Jalen Carter news, the initial news with the incident that happened. We spoke on where we thought he would land, mm-hmm. and well, we well we spoke on what we thought was best for him, right, right. which was the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And, and so when the trade happened, I wasn't shocked. I didn't care what we got because in my mind, I felt like we weren't taking him. So to right. just get something 
knowing that we could have took Darnell Wright at nine and the Eagles could have easily just took him at 10. It was like, you got something for right. it. And, and like you, like you mentioned, I've been telling people this for the longest. I'm like, at the end of the day, yes, we're fans, but you also want these kids to succeed. And I think Jalen Carter in Philly succeeds far better than he does if he was in Chicago. He 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 has the veteran leadership around him in Philly that will help him grow. Here, we don't have that yet. We just don't have it yet. And I think the pressure that would have been put on him here to be a guy from day one would have been too much. Like, that's just my thoughts. Uh, on the pick itself, I didn't know much about Darnell Wright until watching Josh Rock and, of course, <laughs> UGM. You know, you all start talking about him because I want to say one show before we were, I was Paris Johnson as well. Like, that was the one I was thinking about, Paris right. Johnson, Paris Johnson. But then you start to hear more and more about Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright, like, who is this kid? Like, okay, <laughs> then you start watching him. It's like, okay okay but i had the mindset like kid with left tackle like you know so but paris was gone so (laughs) you get you get the next best thing and one thing that i'm looking forward to especially after watching tape is watching him and tevin on the same side i'm i'm very interested in that if if tevin is fine and healthy i i think tevin was very especially in the run game he was he was very aggressive getting downhill pancaking guys i liked what i saw so to see them two next to each other i think would be great especially in hearing uh darnell mentioning that uh you know basically how he got fields back like you know somebody attacked field they he owned them basically and we all saw how how tevin took that last year when things would when the guy would get a late hit or something on fields Tevin was the one guy on the line that would step up for his quarterback. So good to see some personality, possibly. Yes. Y'all know I'm big on personality. So good to see possibly <laughs> some personality is showing up in Chicago. So I'm happy with it. We've been complaining about the line for years here. They addressed <laughs> it, you know, yes. and so I'm I'm ecstatic about the first pick. Cause that's where we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> you bring you bring you bring that up. Uh, we talked about Tevin Jenkins nasty mm-hmm. when he was drafted, and now you got this. You got you got two at least two nasties on the uh, offensive no, line. They David they, they Davis too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. Tevin's, hey. Tevin's gonna be on the left on the left side. side. Oh, he's right. moving to the left. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh. Now, trust okay. me. You you got the vet. Oh, Nate, oh okay. next to next okay. to uh right. Yeah, that's 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 just still okay. ugly. <laughs> maybe, maybe Tevin that's... spruce up Broderick. I mean uh I mean not Broderick, uh Braxton. What's, the guy, what's his name? Braxton. Braxton. Maybe he'll maybe he'll get, By the way, get wait, some more uh, out of him, kid. On last oh, week from your from your mouth to his ears, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> on last week's show, I talked about uh I was talking about um uh Broderick Jones, but I said Braxton. And both Ken and Glenn were looking at me like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I said the wrong name. So just to just to throw that out there. It happens to all of us. I said the wrong name. I'm called Paris Johnson, Paris Campbell. Uh, (laughs) Yes. I'm called 
I've called Tank Johnson, Tank Williams in the last two or three weeks. It happens. I was I was listening back and I was like, oh man, I messed I messed that up. Okay, I, I see why they were a little confused by that. But anyway, um, I was shocked. And I know we're gonna, we'll we'll get to it. And say, I was just shocked that Detroit didn't take Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. that's what shocked me. I you know uh, off field stuff aside, um. Putting Jalen Carter with that group they have uh, in Detroit, I I, I was worried about that coming to the division. Yeah, Glad, it Glad it didn't. Glad it didn't. But that that shocked me. Um, and then I, I I got the trade right away. Um, okay. from from the Bears' point of view, they were they were they were going to draft him anyway. So right, they were they they were able to get something good enough for me. All right, so so first round, I I I, I thought was was great for the Bears. They did a great job, um, but then the second round, <laughs> a lot of people had had a, had a little issues with 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 day two picks. What's, what's not on? not me, <laughs> not me, and not our GM who uh, who called that one. I don't know if you called him the second round. I called him the second round. Yeah, as a as a pick though. But but you said that he would be a, a Bears. A Bear. You got you got three of the first three four. of the first four. You know, right? I got the first the first three that they had. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. I Jervon and and Tyreek, and then Tyreke. I actually yeah actually on that show we were talking about it because I think Hall asked like okay was there somebody that you would like to have gotten but you couldn't fit them in because you only had so many picks like somebody you you know you really had that you wanted to get but you just couldn't put on there and I was like dude Tyler Scott. And really, yeah, yeah. Wow. So got, yeah, yeah. So, wow. so got receipts, baby. Got receipts, and then talk talked about yeah, you know what I liked about. Don't him. take, don't take your other Tennessee volunteer spot. Get them out of here. Just go <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep keep them both, baby. Keep them both. Because because keep them both, man. With with both those guys and and Darnell Moody. I mean, dude, there's so much misdirection you can do and mesh routes and just screens and different types of screen dude there's so many avenues and angles not only that but you have depth and your you're, now your special teams can be more special i mean more dynamic I, nah dude hey look give me more speed give me marvin harrison no, next I, no I'm, to stop. I'm just i'm just talking <laughs> so uh jervon dexter big defensive tackle out of florida um the now mind you i, I saw mostly highlights so of course it's gonna be good but good he, stuff he looked <laughs> looked like a dog out there. Um, Even a, a good dog against... or a bad dog. Yeah, and you can go both ways with that one. <laughs> I need to know what type of dog you're talking about. I'm dogging or dogging? <laughs> no, he, he looked like I said. Like I said, all I saw was highlights. I saw about five minutes worth of highlights. Right, but, right. Man, what I saw, I, I was impressed with. Yeah, you you, you first scan or you want me to to? Well, you guys well, go ahead. Uh, well, one, I uh, let me toot my little horn myself. Go ahead. I had the I had the Bears drafting. We did a mock draft yes. on the center. Okay. Yes, I had the Bears taking uh, Jervon Dexter because Josh screwed me because I <laughs> won Isaiah, Isaiah Foskey, and I had the Bears taking Terrell Smith also. Nice, um, nice in my mock yes. draft. But I'm not the you master. I That's learned, why the I experts the, are here. I learned <laughs> at the foot of the master. I'm not the. I study under the master. He lives on the fourth. I stay on the third. But uh, <laughs> but this is the thing. I. I want to separate the fandom part of me, mm-hmm. one, with someone that's trying to grow as an observer 
but also knowing that I don't know a lot of things, if not everything. All right. Um, physically, goddamn. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> exactly. That part. But when I watched the tape, I didn't see it. Like, right. and I, I hear Ryan Post talking about the mirror and not playing necessarily on his toes. That's great. But somebody that big, that fast. Okay, I'm gonna give you an example. I mean, this is gonna stay with me for a quick second. All right. <laughs> if any of y'all ever watched um South Park. Yes, from time to yes. time. Okay. Do you remember when um I don't know if it's not Stan's father, but do you know the father that's like all with the slim dark hair when it's drunk and always doing something uh crazy or whatever? You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, uh, I forget whose father it was, but he became a shark and had like something uh like some balls put in his knees, his kneecaps or whatever. <laughs> okay. All right. And like this shark would just jump out of everywhere, right? And back in the days, me and one of my close buddies used to make a joke about injured Tommy Harris. If y'all can remember when Tommy Harris first came back from injury, he was cheating, but he was getting away with it because he was Tommy Harris. He was... Tommy Harris used to jump the snap yeah. so crazy. <laughs> and it was basically like, call it. He used to basically tell the refs, man, call it. And the refs won because he was Tommy Harris. But Tommy was offside. Like, he got away so with so many offsides when he first came back, right? So I'm, 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 I'm comparing that to when I'm looking at Jervon Dexter. There are times, regardless of what Ryan Poles is trying to say, why he didn't necessarily just get the numbers that you want, that mm-hmm. just because of his freakishness, when you look at his brass, which we'll talk about that too, <laughs> all right? Because come on now. But you would just see him explode, and I didn't see that explosion on tape. I hope they can get it out of him, but I didn't see that. But again, listen, if they can do it, cool. And I, I'll say this, I'll just get this out right now. I, I really root for Ryan Pose and Matt Eberflus. I think the Ryan Pose hiring was sound. And Matt Eberflus, um, uh, Alex Shapiro on our show was the first person to mention Matt Eberflus before Ryan Pose was even hired. All right. So I, we had already kind of looked at Matt Eberflus. So it wasn't something that we didn't like because we had looked him up and it was like, all right, cool, whatever, Matt Eberflus, right? His emphasis on teaching is cool. I, I do w- want coaches to teach, but at some point, you need some guys that are kind of ready-made prospects. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can't coach up or you can't keep putting everybody in graduate school to a degree. Not to say that as as, as professional players, you should always want to get better on your own. And hopefully if you have coaching to help you, it's a great benefit. But I worry that going all RAS, all RAS team, that you're going <laughs> to miss out on, on football players. You know what I'm saying? Like it's sometimes... This is football now, and a guy may not be – in it, 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 certain positions, you do want measurables. I'm not denying that or whatever, all right? I, listen, I love measurables. Don't get it twisted. I would have never drafted Kyler Murray. I'm a measurable <laughs> guy. But I also want something to go along with those measurables that lets me know that you have, you have it in you to be excellent or very good at the job that now that you're applying for or you're going to have on the next level so i just wanted to express that concern on here as far as what they're doing i hope they succeed i hope their coaches can teach but that's one thing first we have to know if these coaches can teach the defensive line coach smith i haven't heard anybody rave about him like they have uh simo which again i need simo to show me as far as this guy is the greatest offensive line coach in all of the land I got to see some more of that to where I'm like, yo, like Braxton Jones better be able to fly this year 
if Chris Morgan is this dude that everyone is hyping up. But my point is, I don't know how good these coaches are at teaching. And then it's confounded by this. I don't know how good your students are. Like that's that like it's it's a twofold. Like it's one thing to teach, but you got to have people that can take teaching. You know what I'm saying? So that mm-hmm. that to me is just part. Of, sometimes you just need to get a guy that's that guy right now, rather than all this. Yo, we gonna mold this clay, man. Just get the get the statue already, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's that that's my that's my rant. I'm stepping off my soapbox. So can I, can I, ask, I relinquish can I, I relinquish my time. Go ahead, Brandon. What you can I ask, can I ask you this? Was there someone there that you think fit that mode that you're describing other than Dexter? Um, I, okay, this is the I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at this through the lenses of the Bears, too, what they do. All right. Because you kind of know who they I'm a Nolan Smith guy through and through. I know Nolan Smith wasn't that guy, but he was mine. All right, like I love Nolan Smith. I've said it. I said on here. I know. I know <laughs> Nolan Smith was gonna get beat in the even though his run efficiency is high. Sometimes he's light right now. He gonna get. He gonna get beat. That tackle. That that guard gonna pull and just knock his ass to the ground. Right. I was gonna accept it. All right, and love him regardless because my love is unconditional. No, nah, right? you, you don't love that. No, I do. I do. I, yes, I do. Because he was going yes, to put on the weight to be able to take it. You can't have everything year one. This is Nolan Smith here. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, no, because I looked at a lot of the defensive ends. Defensive ends were gone that were the type that the Bears wanted. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And that's that that was the real like so you see like Brian Byron Young, like you see a lot of the guy the defensive ends that were left that were let's just say not the guys that made it that got picked in the sixth round, but the guys that were in the second and third, when it comes to when it came to measurables, they weren't what the Bears were looking for. So okay. I knew it was like, okay, it's not even and, and again, it was a run at the beginning of the second on defensive mm-hmm. ends anyway. So mm-hmm. I couldn't be as mad, but in a way, you got two tackles that have not put up the numbers. Now, if you're, and, and, and it'd be different. Let me say this too. It'd be different if you were like, and I like versatility. We all love versatility. It'd be different if you like, you know what? This one is definitely the nose. Because then I could kind of be like, okay, let, kind of what Ryan Pose was saying. Let's look at how he affected the game. Because you're not getting ridiculous stats off your nose tackle like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not that's not his job necessarily get sacks. You know, so he's taking on two blocks sometimes rather than getting tackles and stuff like that. But if you're saying like both these guys could be three techniques, whoa, because somebody got to have a few numbers that makes me think. And I know Zach Pickens is at this point a, a much better disruptor and penetrator or whatever, even though I have to say this too, and you guys let me know, I still kind of want it to be Javon Dexter to be the, the three technique just out of, man, that'd be freaky. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just something about, and this is just how you get caught up in fantasizing about stuff. You know what I'm saying? But uh, no, to answer your question, Brandon, there was nobody for the defensive line. You know what I'm saying? At that point that I was like, yo, because I knew they weren't taking somebody that's six one, you know what I'm saying? Or six feet to play out on the edge. This for them, this guy got to be at least six, three and above, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, or he had to be the freakiest freak ever. And they had to be like, you know what? He's six one, but these numbers are ridiculous. And I don't even know. This is the crazy point with the bears. I don't even know how this regime is drafting. If they would draft that guy, if he didn't meet what they were looking at as measurables, I, I look forward in the next draft or the draft after that. Will they be guys that define that, that necessarily buck what they're saying as far as he has to be like this 
to be on our team because he's this type of player. He's so good. We had to take him. We don't care that he doesn't have necessarily the prerequisite length and height that we uh, we seek so dearly. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I'm a volunteer, Tennessee, and I, I hate, hate the Florida Gators. Uh, one of my handles is one Gator hater. <laughs> um, and I hate Alabama Crimson Tide. That being said, it's really weird that I'm defending this Gator. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I, a lot of times context, I think we, we don't always have, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's natural. It's very, you know, especially in draft it's very emotional. It's guys we've targeted guys. We want to see guys we want to have. And when they're flying off the board and we don't seem to be doing anything to affect it toward our, our benefit, it gets frustrating. And sometimes it feels like it's settled. <laughs> okay. But I look at Javon Dexter and I've looked at Javon Dexter all year and you're right, Ken. Uh, there are times when you look on the film, like I, I just don't see it. And sometimes maybe the best knock would be inconsistent. He's inconsistent. He flashes, but he's inconsistent. So then the question is, and at least the, I, my query is why, why is that the case? Is it because of him or other things? And when looking at a little bit, digging a little bit deeper, you see that Florida was in a lot of, uh, coaching changes in upheaval, so to speak. It went from when uh, Dan Mullen was the head coach and Todd Grantham was uh, the DC where he, Javon Dexter became a part of the team to where it switched to uh, Billy Napier. And then a guy who is in his first year as a DC at this level of the sec. And he was like 33. I think he was the youngest uh, DC at all the FBC uh, FBCS. And that was um, uh, Patrick Tony was his name or is his name. He's still alive. Patrick Tony. So he was an experienced guy, young guy. And that defense, that year, 2021, finished 87th nationally in points allowed. They gave up 28 points, almost 30 points a game. I'm sorry, almost 29 points a game. Um, they finished 97th nationally in yards allowed, 411 yards per game. And they finished 129th out of 131 teams in third down efficiency. They were basically giving it up almost 50% of the time you're going to get a third down converted on them. That is not all on Javon Dexter. That is a failure of that defense. That is a failure scheme. And it was quoted, or at least it was written in some of the the, the Florida uh, journals, so to speak, and, and media outlets, that the scheme was kind of blamed for a lot of the failures and breakdowns for that team. And so to me, I'm like, yeah, if you're not certain what you're supposed to do or how you're supposed to do it, or the coaches aren't really training you, or here's the other thing too, and I, I, I failed to mention it earlier when we were talking on Football Night in Chicago, Billy Napier brought 140 people to his staff, on the staff alone. The staff outnumbered the players. The players like 116, the staff was 140. I don't know how many people are in his ear. You know, I know when I'm bowling, and guys, they're doing their best. No one's, no one's malicious. Everyone's giving you advice, but everyone's giving you advice. And then you get caught up. And then you're like, you know what? I, at some point, I don't really know how I'm going. And so you do the best thing you can do. And maybe you resort to your athleticism. When we see Javon Dexter win on some of those highlights, he's winning because of his athleticism and his strength, basically his physical attributes. Okay. It's not necessarily scheme oriented. I think in this situation, coming to the Bears, where they can say, hey, in this 4-3 scheme, everybody on the front four, your whole job is to get upfield. You know, you keep it simple. And not only that, but you're learning one position or maybe two positions, but you're learning what you need to do. And you're learning it at a professional level with professional coaches 
who are specific to what you're training. You don't have every different people in your ear and you can learn from people who are veterans because Javon was supposed to be that dude. He's a five-star guy. Who's he learning from? He's the best athlete on the, on the field, on the defensive field. He's at least the most physically imposing person. So who's going to teach him? His teammates? No. Now you've got veterans around you. I think if you take that athleticism and you take that five-star ability and you put him in a situation where he can succeed, I think we'll see that. And again, like you said earlier, at that position, I don't need to see. I mean, look, dude, if you give me 10 sacks, fantastic. You give me eight, that's that's cool too. You give me six, uh, that's pretty good. You give me four, hey, hey, all right. But if you give me 20-plus pressures and you're forcing the quarterback into other people's arms or you're affecting pass plays and you're able to you know, either stuff the run or stop the run or chase it backside – yeah, now that three technique is being effective, and I think that's where they see him. So I'm really going to put that toward a lot of the inconsistency, not just with his game, but what brought that about. And I don't think a lot of people knew or understand that that was the case. And conversely, the same thing can be said about Zach Pickens. He he came across the same thing, a coaching change. And even Zach Pickens even said it in one of his uh, – uh, either Instagrams or whatever, he's talking about it, saying like, hey, man, you know, different coaching, you know, different situations. You know, if you find a person, you can utilize them the right way. Think about uh, Quinn, when we had Quinn here. You know, Quinn's had seasons where he was like, you know, Quinn, he had like uh, double-digit sacks. And then he'd go somewhere else, and then he like, you know, disappear. Then he'd go somewhere else, boom, double-digit. Oh, okay, yeah, he can play. Then he disappeared. You know, come to the Bears. Dude, set the record. I mean, come on, Chicago Bears, dude. 100-plus-year-old yeah. franchise, and you set the record? Dude, okay. But the first well, year, he had the same coaches, and he didn't do – and as we can go through the reasons, though. He didn't do anything the first yeah, year. Sometimes it's an adjustment, and that's kind of what I'm saying. You know, continuity and consistency helps a lot. And that's a guy who's we're talking Buckner, or I mean not Quinn Buckner. We're talking about Quinn, Robert Quinn. <laughs> I just did. A, I just did a Ken. Conflating names. <laughs> well, we're talking about Robert Quinn, and he's a veteran, and he still has to have that adjustment. You know what I'm saying? And, and have that time. Let alone a young guy who's developing, who didn't start playing football until he was a junior because he was a basketball player. So you know, give it a beat. And you may find what we have there. And here's what we always say when it comes to speed. You can't teach speed. Uh, you can't teach 6'6", 313 either. You, you you know, with that 24% body fat. I mean, that dude, athletically, he's a marvel. So you just had to find a way to be able to harness that marvel and you'll get some wonderful things happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where Poles and Ibrothus are like, okay. And you said it earlier. You, you, you talked about the clay. Well, look, yeah, you, sometimes you like to have the statue. But, you know, I had clay when I was a kid, but I always wanted play, though. It seemed better. There's different levels of clay. You know, if I get more <laughs> enriched clay that I can do something else with, then I feel better about that. It's it's much – and at some point, yeah, you don't always want to have some guy that you have to constantly be developing. I get that. Great point, and I understand that, and I'm with you. There are times, however, where it's a difference between if the guys I'm getting are, you know, three-star, four-star types or guys who are, you know – Good players are not great players. Good athletes are not great athletes, but you get the most out of them. And then there are those guys who it's like, okay, I can't teach that. I just need I – can't, I can't teach what he has, but I can teach him how to harness it. And I think that's more so what this whole draft class embodies. I'm just real quick on, on uh, Javon Dexter before we go to someone else. Um, I didn't see him getting blown off the ball. No. So I, you know, what, we don't know what his responsibility was, 
while he was in mm-hmm. Florida. I know um, his uh, position coach, Sean Spencer, uh, Sean Spencer, I think his name is, uh, was on the score today. And he said that he played mostly three technique. He would also play the four eye, which is the outside inside eye of the tackle i gotta get get my techniques right inside <laughs> eye of the tackle three technique is the uh is oh, the outside the guard. eye of the guard oh wait, right. wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. shoulder oh. is it the shoulder of the guards yes. mm-hmm. so i i know yeah i think <laughs> i got that right anyway anyway he played both and you know i would i would say it was more of a run run stopper than anything so his his responsibility would have been just just controlling the gap, mm-hmm. you know that 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 B or C gap that he that he was in. Um, but yeah, I, I I liked what I saw from him. I don't know. Yeah, that's just yeah, he, just, just he has me. he'll have less gap responsibility in this scheme than he probably would if it was in a three four obviously. Um, and also to to your point, now here's one thing I will say in terms of his burst, like his his ten yard split is not where you would like it to be. He's not he's not a quick twitch guy, so that part is true. He's more his build up speed like he can, his build up speed still gets him to 4.8, but like his 10-yard split is like 1.8 and that's you you probably want someone to be more like 1.6 in that area, high 1.6s maybe. So that 1.8. And again, that's just being finite can measurables. He, can he, can he get to the ball? He can get to the player. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. That's all so, that matters. Right. So so that's you know, that's those those things that you know if you're looking has for he? has he has he gotten the, to the, the ball? The, the highlight the highlights I saw he got to him. Oh, oh, he's, <laughs> he's getting he's he's may he may not be getting to the quarterback, but he's getting to those ball carriers. Yeah, they're not really getting away from him. And then he's got Where the ability to chase the backside. Go check if you want. One of his better games was against Alabama uh, in 2021. They lost that game, but he had six tackles, I think, that game and a couple of tackles uh, for loss. So he he's – and coming from that position to get that many tackles, you know, in the, in the way that Alabama was playing that game. Because Alabama – and that's the thing, too. Sometimes you have to see how the team is playing. You Alabama, starting out that game, dude, they were hitting so many quick passes. It was like they were getting rid of the ball quick, man, and like quick screens, quick slants. That defensive line had no chance really to get upfield at all because of how quickly they were getting rid of the ball. And you can tell that was part of the, the game plan Alabama had getting into because they realized that the strength of that defense was pretty much along that defensive line. That's in 2021 when Grantham uh, was the uh, the D.C. What do you think? Let me ask you this, Glenn. What do you think about taking him with the Bears' first pick in the second? Where did you have him being selected by the Bears and do you feel like the Bears had to take him at that spot? Right. If there's anything where I could kind of be critical of, um, I, I I had him falling a little bit further uh, in the in the seventy, uh, probably in the seventies and eighties. Maybe this, I thought he'd be around there. Um, I, but the, the question. But then I'm like, I don't know who else you would have taken. You know, and, and maybe moving up to get Tyreek kind of might have been a bit of an issue too. Um, as much as I like the fact that they picked him, you know, because I said, hey, Bears should target him, <laughs> you know, ego aside, it was like, I don't know if you, especially if you took Terrell Smith later, I don't know if you had to move up to get a cornerback at that spot per se. Um, maybe you move up and get somebody else. But um, I, I I can I, I can live with it because I, I think going forward it'll work out. But, yeah, I, I didn't think they necessarily had to move up to get Javon. That being said, and you look at the board, it was like, okay, if we don't get him here, 
we're looking at Zach, which they eventually did take. Because I, I tried to see how what was it a lot of players taking between when he was taken and when he got to Zach, and they could have taken somebody else and then taken Zach, and maybe we don't have Javon, and then maybe they take Jacqueline Roy from LSU as you know another you know interior defensive lineman, or or heck, they took the guy from Kennesaw State, so they did still did t- take another defensive lineman as well. And interior shout out to the lineman. Big South. <laughs> so 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 yeah, man, but I. And then all that being said, all the, you know, this, that, and this, that, and the other, when I look at it, I think they looked and said, can we really pass this guy at 6'6", 313 with four race feet? All, all this, you know, this clay that's just sitting there, you know, and we can do something with it. And, and we're weak. We're not, I shouldn't say weak, but we're we're not as as depth oriented and we're not as as uh we don't have the production from this area and this is in, in integral to us being successful because we were getting killed by teams all last year because we couldn't stop the run and we couldn't stop anything and it started at the at, you know on, on the front line in the trenches so i think they looked at him as a trench warrior and somebody that also to the durability i mean this dude was always playing you know the best best availability is durability, you know, or durability, however that saying goes, you know. So his yeah, best yeah. So that that's you gotta factor that in too. It's like and and he becomes rotational. It's not like we have to depend on him. We have billings there. This is a pick not just for today, but going forward. And so he's still developmental. Look, let's let me put this out there. Every player that was drafted is in the developmental stage. <laughs> okay, like you know, no, even your can't miss prospects still have to develop when they get there okay bryce young as creative and all these things it says he is he still has to transition from college to the pros everybody's a developmental person at this stage so some obviously more than others but i I think it was difficult for them to pass because of the measurables and because of they won't say the need but because of what was quickly becoming like we we need to address this now and I think that's what they that's what they didn't say. I, I haven't heard everything from the press conference. I don't think they necessarily said that. I don't think they would want to admit to that. But they're like, we need to address this sooner than later because there may be a run on, you know, those players just like there was a run on the edge rushers. And then then they're looking at like somebody, somebody like, uh, you know, Zach being, you know, their initial D, D uh, interior defensive lineman or, or maybe the brother from uh, Kennesaw State, you know. And then, then, then we're looking at the draft like – and y'all didn't take advantage of being having no, having a number one pick. Yeah. You know, the the Cardinals looked like they took two more advantage of being in three than we took advantage of being at one. Uh, later rounds, four through seven, who do you guys think are going to make an impact on this team? I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm intrigued. And I know, Jim, Ken, you can speak to this. I'm intrigued by Rojo. I'm intrigued to to know like a lot of the people on TV are very like this is one of those picks where they're like the Bears got a steal here with Roshan John is it Roshan yeah Roshan yep correct Roshan Johnson and it's Rojo you you just make that up or is that is that really I was like damn that's really good. Uh, well, no, no, because yeah. I was looking at I was actually looking at Clay Harbor's tweet, and he had the list, and he has his he has it as Rojo. Okay, so I, I like Rojo. That's why oh, I said I wish that was you. <laughs> I wanted that to be you. I was like, damn, if he made that up, that has. <laughs> but uh, but like you know, like of course you hear Texas, especially with the running back, you hear Bijan Robinson. And so to hear how high, and then you hear this guy's numbers, it's like, wait, 
he those type of numbers are really good numbers for a backup for sure. Mm-hmm, right. And Bijan right. is so highly touted. Of course, he went top ten at the position, and it's like I'm intrigued by this. Like lose lose Monty, and then you, you know, y'all know I have my issues with Monty. What were your issues? I'm new here. Little, what hey, were your issues with Monty? Fill me in. And uh, again, we it was just like <laughs> it was like. <laughs> He had no burst of speed. It was no. like he did a lot of dancing in the backfield, and then he started. Then he started having some really good games, but the burst of speed still wasn't there. He'd break a break open, and then he get caught. He it couldn't. Was, he couldn't run for more than twenty yards. Yes. Yes. Remember me when you were GM, me and GM stayed on him. It was, it was... Ez was giving me some flack. One day he was in the editing room. I said, Ez, look, man, just look, man, just Google, just or, or YouTube him. I said, this brother couldn't even bust for 20 yards in college. And you expect him to do this in the pros? Ez, like, come on, man. Ez, like, come on, man. You're you making that up, G. Come on. I'm like, no, just like he said, all right, man. Ez, because he's like, you know, I'm going to disprove it. Let's go to the tape. That's that, that's that, 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 you know, that college football. And let's go to the tape. He started looking, and he was counting. He was like, man, dude, we about three-fourths through this thing. <laughs> and, and this is a highlight package. He ain't running nowhere. <laughs> it's, it's a highlight package. That happened. <laughs> and he had, you know? he, he had a 120-yard run. And I'm like, dude, if you can't do that in college, ain't no way in hell you're going to do that in pros. I'll, let me say this, though. I'll give Monty this. I call usually call BS when someone says they went to a speed uh, trainer or whatever. Okay, his speed did improve. It didn't make him it, like like what you're saying. Somebody could take it to the house, but it was like, damn, man, that that kind of that kind of worked, right? For it for a change, but yeah, I mean, it, I wish him the best. I wish, <laughs> oh, I wish him. I, I, I liked him. I just yeah. didn't. He could just, find he no. could find the hole. He could yeah. find the hole, and, that, and that's a very good attribute. Could block. Yeah. He catch. Yeah, they needed some. But you needed a home run. You would prefer having right. a home run hitter consistently at that spot and someone who could also do pass pro. Um, so that's kind of the issue. But again, please continue. I just wanted to know, Brandon. That that I, I want you all's input on that, on that did you, pick. Did you obviously see the movie City Slickers? Billy yeah. Crystal mm-hmm. and Jack Palance. And it, it was always like just one. This one thing, right? Well, that was that was that was Montgomery. That one time he ran for twenty plus yards against the Texans, took it to the house. That was the one time he did it. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, oh, it, it did. Get, and we was all shocked. I think the, at least a good portion of our episode we talked about, man, we didn't see that coming, you know. Yeah. Um, but but Roshan can, Roshan can't take it. I mean, he. The funny thing, Roshan, he's, you know, his time speed is like, you know, that's that that classic time speed and game speed, you know. Uh, yeah, Jer- Jerry yeah. Rice had that time speed at the combine. Yes. He was like what four five six or four six five something that was like, ooh, you gonna make that your first round pick? Yeah, the X receiver. Good luck with that. And then he starts playing. It's like, how come nobody can catch this dude from behind? That's from behind. <laughs> yes, he's faster than Monty. Like when yeah. you watch the game mm-hmm. tape, it's like no, no, no. When people are like, oh, he's just like David Montgomery. Like no, no, that that's faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Than David Montgomery right there. Yes. I don't know if you watched David Montgomery, but that right there, that guy is leaving people, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's I think what probably, and I'm just throwing it out there. We may be talking about his ability to get to his speed quicker. 
you know, the burst or acceleration, you know, how quickly can you get to your top speed and then maintain it for long speed? And David eventually had long speed, but it just took him a while to get there, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But Roshan, and it's funny because it's not like he has to ramp up and go. It's like a cut go or, all right, I made my mind up and, okay, boom, excuse me, now I can go. And he's big enough that he can still maintain contact balance and still get to that speed without much, you know, deviation from from getting to that speed. So um, he has the ability. He's good in pass pro. He, you know, he's versatile. Uh, and we know he's a team player because in this day and age, the transfer mm -hmm. portal, that dude could have been a starting running back at pretty much any power five school, mm -hmm. you know, and he stayed. Um, and he's big enough uh, to affect, you know, the pile if he's trying to get that extra yard. Uh, we've seen him do it. Uh, and the great thing, the best thing is he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires. You know, the two running backs that I really wanted the Bears to draft, I was really happy, would have been happy with either one was Israel Batacanda and Roshan Johnson. And both those guys, uh, for as experienced, and that's being on the team for three years, as experienced as they were, they didn't have a lot of tread on their tires. And uh, Batacanda was a home run threat, too. Like, he's like, to me, he's like a faster Kareem Hunt. You know, he, he maybe not as physical as Kareem. But he has that speed and he can make people miss and he can score those touchdowns. And both those guys had carries, career carries, I think were like 390 for one or 392 for the other. So, you know, that's just like a season and a half in the NFL right. or whatever. So not a lot of tread, uh, but a lot of upside, good experience, come from good programs, seem to be guys who have not only consistency and balance, but they have accountability. And they have responsibility and they're accountable. They're, they're responsible within their accountability. And, it, and that's the other thing I think that ran throughout this whole draft. You saw a lot of players who aren't Jalen Carter in terms of maturation levels. You know, these guys had levels. I'm not trying to pick on Jalen, but clearly but there were a lot of, but I am. Uh, but the clearly as an, <laughs> there, there, there were, there are questions about, you know, not necessarily see a good person, bad person, just, you know, where is he at? maturity wise and i think you saw that with these players drafted almost all of them have stories where they're either were leaders on their team or were very accountable and responsible even jervon dexter i believe he's like an uh a student you know he had a son while i think or, or child excuse me i'm not sure if it's son or daughter but child while he's as a student at, at, at uh, florida and so dude that's that's a whole different level of responsibility and accountability too and and we don't know how that may affect him on the field you know, was he getting proper rest, I, whatever the case might be? I don't mean to cut you off. I hope it's the son since he's senior. Because I right. would hate for oh, his that's daughter right. to yeah. right. <laughs> right. right. No, great point. <laughs> I was wondering oh, why they were calling him senior. Yeah, that makes wow. sense. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, so son, yeah, most definitely. Oh, um, man. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you. so I, I think you see a lot of guys who are just – you know these they're 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 going to be contributions to the team uh culture and continuity and consistency and 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 just you know like let's do this you know all right um, overall I, oh go ahead go ahead go ahead i would to me i'll go the other way and go tyler scott um i mean when you think about i think we all thought you still need to take a receipt this is the best part about tyler scott i'm gonna be honest with you you need another receiver, but also that guy needs to play special teams, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, like that was the thing. And you could, I know he has done some returning, but using him as a gunner 
like that, like you needed this guy not just to be like a one trick. Well, he is a one trick pony, and that's what I want to get to that part. The the best part, I'm just talking about the, the verticality of it. If they didn't get DJ Moore, we were going to put so much pressure on whatever wide receiver they drafted first in this draft. Right. Right. Like it was going to yep. be un- unnecessary pressure to go with a quarterback who's still developing and mm-hmm. an offensive line that we still, we hope is better. It looks better on paper. Right. Mm-hmm. But getting this guy with this one trick helps the entire wide receiver room and Justin Fields. You know what I'm saying? Like now, where you have it where this guy can take off, really take off the top, right? And he can learn to develop his route tree. It's different from if he was a guy who, and I'm always a catch radius guy, but even if he was just a big guy and then you have someone who's almost the same as Chase Claypool, no, you got a legit burner burner with this bad boy. Someone who's done it too at a high level. Because like, even if you look at Mooney, I always ask people like at times like, is he a burner? You know what I'm saying? It's not a knock. It's not a knock on him. But when he yes. when we drafted him, yeah, but it's it's there's levels to being a burner. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Where like this guy comes off as being where that's his pure talent. I, I think Mooney is a, a more well-rounded receiver at this mm-hmm. point. Clearly, he's been sure. in the league for over three seasons. But having this guy helps everyone so much fit better into their what you think their characteristics are in that wide receiver room. And that's why I like the Tyler Scott, because one, you're not asking him to be the guy. You're just asking him, even if it's as a um, a distraction or, it's it, it, you know, like it, he's not going to get the ball. But still, they don't know that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Stretch the field, stretch the field, leave all of this underneath for the other guys to eat. I, I like that pickup. Um, and again, they lucked into it because he, he definitely shouldn't have probably been there at the point where they drafted him. You know what I'm saying? But hey, go get him. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But I, I that one, that was so sound. The day three saved their damn draft, to be honest, which and the, I mean saved it like this. It made it a good it made it a, a really good draft. Because there the questions that we had with day two, particularly when you're talking about Dexter, and it's like, how wait, how much of this are we gonna do with this? We gonna figure it out when they get here stuff. <laughs> it was more like it, it is glim, you know what I'm saying? Like again, see the problem, and you miss out on you miss on draft picks regardless. The guys can be the best player in college. He can be looking like he's ready to go when he gets there, and it just doesn't happen, right? <laughs> but when you look at what they did on day, let's take this, let's take the seventh round guys out, and I, I hope Bell is is good and the Stanford mm-hmm. kid the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at what they did, it was so sound mm-hmm. where it was like, yo, this is a good draft. Like the only true question, you could say, you could say Dexter and Pickens, but Pickens, Pickens is you could leave Pickens off of that board. But it was like, okay, so you you may have stretched on one guy. That's a damn good draft if you only stretched on really one guy in your draft. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, that's stretched to us who are not who's not in the room with you. You know, right. I don't know how your board is set up. So it may not, and clearly it, to you, it wasn't a stretch in bringing in Dexter, but day three made it to where it was like, yo, if the Bears don't didn't have the best draft in the North, they had the second bath second best draft in the North, in my opinion. Um, and that that was it was very sound. I will say that it was it was very sound, but mine's is Tyler Scott is the guy from, I believe you said from the fourth to the seventh, as that yeah, stood yeah. out to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 
I would go. I, I, I like both of yours, <laughs> and I'm I'm probably more Tyler because I really, you know, I really would like for the Bears. So if, and in my guy. yeah, in my mock, I was like, I, I couldn't get him. I really would like to have gotten him, but I couldn't get him, <laughs> or I couldn't get him in rounds one through three. I don't think he'll necessarily be there yeah, for. Boy. But if I'm dreaming, I'll get him with that next pick, <laughs> you know. And and I felt like when the Bears took Roshan, I'm like, okay, they got him with that next pick. Uh, Tyler won't be there. And I saw Trey Tucker, who was Tyler's uh, wide receiving running mate at Cincinnati, and he went to the Raiders, I believe. And I was like, uh, and at first when I saw the highlight, it was from a distance. I said, oh man, someone took Tyler. Got Tyler Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, said, I remember I said, watching. Oh. They was like his. They they said then Tyler Scott should be gone if they when they went with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah, and, and I, I said, oh wait, no, they took the other dude. I'm like, oh, he's still out there. I'm like, well, someone's gonna realize that he should be gone. He'll be, and so when the Bears came back and and they took him, I about fell out my seat. I'm like, dude. So I probably, if you know, that's my, I'm, you know, that that little uh, gradiated, you know, which one you like higher or lower. I'm like, my Tyler Scott. I'm probably most enthused about that. The Terrell Smith one surprised me, and I was like, surprisingly pumped for that one. But with Tyler Scott, man, the thing, you know, people talk about things being sexy. It's not a sexy pick, you know. What's the sex appeal with that pick? I said, look, dude, when you get Tyler Scott, you got threat appeal. That dude puts everybody on notice. That's a threat. You have to acknowledge it. And then when you put him out there, keep in mind, Claypool ran about a 4 4 something. Uh, Moore's a 4 4 something. Bayless is a 4 3 or 4 4 something. You know, mm-hmm. Mooney was a four. Look, ain't nobody running no four, four, no four, 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 sixes. four fives. Yeah, you know, no, no four fives. But I don't think anybody's running four, four, six. I think everybody's four, four and lower. You know, and so now you've got speed, but like you said, at different levels. How quickly can you get to your speed? How long can you maintain that speed? Do you have deep speed? Uh, can you shift your gear so that your change of speed can? organically get you open and then i throw you the ball in a move and boom you know you're doing Tariq hill against uh buffalo in the playoffs where you know i catch a little two-yard pass i turn up field in three seconds we score um and the thing i look about i love about uh tyler is that he can uncover on all three levels he's a better route runner i, I believe in this spot coming out or in this stage of his career coming out, then say Tyreek Hill was coming out. And I'm not keep making this oh, comparison. Yeah. And I'm not Tyreek's faster. Don't get me wrong. Tyreek's like four two something, almost four one. But it's usability. It's 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 I'm, I'm talking about the usage and how he can be utilized. And where the polls come from? Came from Kansas City. I'm sure he remembers how that offense was working, you know, and things and pieces that can make that type of offense work. And having a quarterback with athleticism that can make it even that much more expansive because it wasn't like Alex Smith was doing a horrible job. He, you know, he made it to a Pro Bowl, got the team to the playoffs. They were winning. But Mahomes is a different level, <laughs> you know. And so when you have a quarterback who athletically, you know, is at a different level, there are more things you can do, especially when the mind is sound and they can work in conjunction with what you can do out on the field physically. And I think that's where we potentially see this offense going. And that, that guys, that is exciting. But Tyler, like you said, Ken, it, it, it helps put everybody in a better spot where they can be utilized. It adds depth. So if Mooney is hurt, as Bayless is not up to snuff, he can step in or it makes Bayless get up to snuff quicker. So now he becomes an asset. It makes us not have to rely on Dante Pettis or Equinemia St. Brown. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just saying, you know. There's going to be some battles. Main thing I'm hearing is we have depth. Yes. That's, at least on that's, offense. That's, that's, that's something last year we were like, we didn't have. We didn't have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That, that's, the, that's the best part of doing a, a real teardown. You know what I'm saying? Like this – but I I was I was all for Ryan Poles being like, yo, I'm gonna strip this ish all the way down, because too many times here we've had the I'm gonna try to take this part of it and connect it to this and rig it some way mm-hmm. to where it can work. And this is and and what happens is okay, you may have a hot year, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And then three years down the line, we were like, you know what, we should have done that. And right, what Ryan Poles did was. This will truly all fall on him. It won't be a situation outside of Justin, which, again, after this year, if he's not a Justin guy, he can go out and get him a a quarterback if not or whatever. But outside of Justin, which could have been a gift to him, he ripped – of course, there are other players co-commit Darnold, but you get what I'm trying to say. Right. Holding on to those older players where so many people were so mad that he traded Khalil Mack when it made sense to move off of Khalil Mack to get something – to get mm-hmm. something for a guy who was a depreciating value. Not to say we don't love Khalil Mack, but like real people know, like the arguments I had about Khalil Mack, I love the fact that he played hurt a lot, but he really was different when he was hurt a lot of times. You know what I'm right. saying? It wasn't, it wasn't the same as the first year. It, it, it year really one was the you, most impact we felt. Yeah. That was it. And if you're being, if you're Game being one. honest, if you're being honest, so with him, tearing it all the way down so he sets his foundation if he fails it's totally on him but it allows him to get to your depth part you're going to lack depth because a lot of guys who shouldn't have been playing was playing and there was nobody behind them because Mm -hmm. you got rid of the frontline starters you know what i'm saying and you got some assets for him but that was when he said he was doing that and he's lived up, up to that i i love the fact that he's been patient i can listen i can be against it's not even that i'm against i just want to point out some some things as far as football as I know it growing up. You know what I'm saying? And if mm-hmm. he disproves me, that's great. I want my general manager to show that clearly do. You, I I'm, I got this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like that's when I'm talking about the just going for Raz guys than football players, but I I love the fact that he says he wants to be disciplined. He doesn't jump out his neck to do something because it seems sexy at this point. You know what I'm saying? I I love that because I hope that when he does have the opportunity to go rich, you know what I'm saying, to go and get a player, and it's like, yo, you know, this player, the value we have right here in the draft, it may be early to take him, but I'm set all over here so I can go out and get, you know, whatever player that said player is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., With I know he comes with the FN. That's a different story for a different day. But <laughs> but still, but if you want to do something like that, you can do it. So I, I I like the plan. I hope it comes to fruition. I just don't also, and it's not to say anybody here was doing it. I don't want to be a homer to where I turn a blind eye to something where I'm kind of like, hmm, you know what I'm saying? But again, your debt part, Brandon. Um, and, and I I'm happy where what Glenn was saying it too. I'm happy they do now have depth. And also, let's say this part too. It seems like quality depth. You know yes. what I'm saying? It seems yes. like when you look at when you look at those DBs, the Blackwell, um, Hicks, the guys that stepped in last year to where, you know, it seems like, you know, I, I hope DHC, they bring them back. 
but it, it's in the line of those guys that when someone so is hurt, you're not like, man, it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. it, you know, like even if he, and again, I know he had he had some terrible issues last year. Even if Borum is your swing tackle, you know what I'm saying for the time mm-hmm. being or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like we've seen him play well, even though he had a bad he had a bad year last year learning a new system. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it was really the first time he's been through any peril in the pros since his first year. He, But his first year, he was Brandon uh, Braxton Jones, basically. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? As far as, here, you got it. We're going to leave you alone, basically, or whatever. Right. Like they, It's just not depth for the sake of having depth. They're guys that you were like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Okay, maybe. You know what I'm saying? So I, I do like that part. And again, I think they had a, a good draft, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was gonna say I, I hate I hate draft grades, <laughs> but I'll 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 do this thumbs up, eh, or thumbs down. Oh, thumbs up! I'm going thumbs, thumbs up. up, thumbs up, definitely thumbs up. Well, thumbs it was, up. It, I hope it works. But this was one of the this one was one of the most make sense draft that I've seen the Bears Man, a Bears yeah. general manager have. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm probably Jim Fink's probably had to almost go back to Jim yes. Fink's. You're going back in the days with that, but this <laughs> this was a lot because even if like the things with the DT, okay, we got two different, we got two guys to see if they can be the three technique, right? What was that? Yeah, three. from Kennesaw State. Oh yeah, I forgot. But you, he's not going to be the three technique. I don't care what Ryan <laughs> Poe says. That's a nose tackle. Hey man, All they right? play they play That's good football down in the Big South. I'm right? not saying they don't. And listen, the kid. The kid has a motor. All right. Yeah. Did y'all see him working out I, the sand? I, I, it did I don't I don't know how it applies, but he kept going. The fact is, I know if I was doing that in the sand, I would be laying on the side of the, wherever the park was he was. The kid kept going around and around and around. He has a motor, but that is that that is your spice Adams. All right. Yeah, yeah, right. That's You're that's right. that yeah. guy. That is not your three technique. So to you have, but the, you got two guys that you hope one, if not both, can fill in that void. So I understand what you are trying to do, and that's the only thing I'm kind of like, hmm. like that's the only thing I'm like, hmm, about you. You did a damn good job, to be honest with you. Yeah, gotta because agree with that. If you get that pressure up the middle, you know, it, it helps with your your ends. It helps with your linebackers who can cover sideline to sideline and your DBs. Looks, your DBs is looking like a really nice tight set in that in that room and I, when I look at this draft overall I just to me to what it uh, you know if I would underline it with just like one phrase it's like combination of size speed length and toughness that's what he drafted up and down because and I outside of Tyler Scott who doesn't have much you know length <laughs> but but he's got the speed and he's tough mm-hmm. you know so so yeah man size speed length and toughness you can look at that from the first pick down to the last pick. And that's that constant consistency to his, his board that you were talking about and him being patient and not deviating from who and what they are, are starting to build there uh, up at Hallis Hall. All right. Let's look at the, uh, the rest of the league. Uh, let's just get a, a, a quick winner and loser. From the, of the rest of the league, <laughs> the state of Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, the state of Pennsylvania, because the Pittsburgh Steelers, the, the Philadelphia Bulldogs, right? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, definitely Philadelphia, but I, the state of Pennsylvania. You ask me, man. Uh, you look at what Pittsburgh did. I mean, they took, you know, Broderick Jones, who I've, I'm really high on. Uh, I talked effusively about him before the draft. 
they got my Keanu Bitten guy <laughs> that I kind of wanted the Bears to get. Uh, and they drafted a legacy. They got him with our pick, right? With the yeah. pick we no, 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 no. They took uh, oh. Joey Porter Jr. with the pick we yeah, gave. With our pick, that, yeah. okay. but but that's an awesome pick for all types of reasons. One, they they needed another border corner, um, and you got a guy who was considered top fifteen, top twenty, fell to you at thirty two, and you got the son of one of your better, you know, more recently uh, yeah. claimed linebackers. So. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys want to trade down into the teens and get Joey Porter, from what I remember last me. Week. I didn't necessarily say Joey Porter. That, that no, was you, you, that. you, you yeah, did. You brought it. Then, yeah. Oh well. I'm, yeah. Okay, then I take it back. I'm, I'm not pissed. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not pissed at it. I'll put it like this. I'm saying if that's who we end up settling with because we miss everybody else, I'm okay with that. I would prefer one of the tackles, either you know Jones or or who we got in down there, right? But if Joey Porter's there, we trade back. Then I'll take Joey Porter, and if there's Matthew Bergeron in the second round, I'll take him or, or some other lineman. But but yeah, so and then I think I can't remember who their other pick was, uh, the the fourth pick, but he was pretty good. Like their first like four or five picks, I'm like the fuck. It's like the freaking like, you know, Pittsburgh. See, like every year they get exact. Like hey, they they, they need an outside linebacker. Oh, there, there's T.J. Watt. Oh, they need a you know a, a guy who can play uh you know three four alignment. Four three versatility, blah blah blah. Oh, Cam a bit. No, there he is. Uh, you know, they just gave Cam Sutton. Cam Cam uh, Sutton's gone. They're little. They're not as deep at cornerback. Oh, they just got Joey Porter. I mean, you know, it's like, how do you like them and the Ravens always seem to get exactly what they need? But I thought the state of Pennsylvania did fantastic. Uh, Houston Texans as well did very good. Uh, they turned the draft on its head early on, and I thought low key the Cardinals did a really good job of manipulating their position to get a lot of picks and yeah. a rebuild with a new general manager and new head coach. And no one's really talking about the Cardinals, you know, going forward, but they will be because of how they set themselves uh, up for the future for this year and going forward. Biggest loser. Uh, uh, for me. Yeah. Um, I would probably say it'd be a team like, the 49ers thinking about what they gave up last year to move up and what they brought in this year. Um, maybe the commanders. I'm, I'm not, I was a, I was a KJ Henry guy, but just still looking at that, looking at what they brought in um, this draft period. Um, those would probably be some of the teams. I know I went in deep on a team um, in the North, um, as far as their first two selections on draft night in Chicago, the Lions. but I actually think they had, I actually think the Lions had a pretty good draft out of uh, Campbell. Campbell's, and it's not that they took Campbell, it's the fact that they took him in the first round. The right. the, the situation with, uh, I, I like Gibbs, roll tide all day. I like Jameer Gibbs. Oh, and I, I oh. think, roll tide all day. Oh. <laughs> I think, I think, I think Jameer Gibbs will haunt us that are Bears fans. I think he will haunt us if he stays healthy, he'll haunt us. Um, and if he wasn't, we had um, we had Brad Spielberg on today from PFF. The show drops on Wednesday, and he said the Gibbs wasn't going to be there after 15. And we know the Lions had the 18th selection also. Mm-hmm. So if you were looking at using this guy as, and I was talking on my independent show today about the lack of wide receivers in this draft, and if you're looking at, you know what, we're going to have Jameer Gibbs all over the place, basically. Um, I get the value when you I get the value in general, even though we live in a modern era where taking running backs in the top 20 is 
rare, rare or odd for the most part, especially two running backs going by 12. Um, but I think outside of taking Campbell in the first round, but if they had Campbell like that, I think the rest of – I think the Lions left day one with like five – like if their first five picks are like dudes that you know are going to play at one, t- one time or another. Let me see where they took – Real quick to remind myself where they took Hendon Hooker if he was the fifth or sixth pick. I think he may have that been was third, third, took round. Him was third, third, third round. Third round, yeah. Yeah, so he was their fifth. Hooker was their fifth pick, right? Right. So their first their first four picks are starters, basically. You look at roll, they got branch. Dog branch fell. Man, that was a great pick. Yeah, that was a right? great pick. Wasn't he the I number one number? That. Wasn't he like number one safety in the draft? Yeah, but both number one no. safeties, both top safeties, fell way further down than I thought. Branch and Antonio Johnson out of uh, Texas A and M. And you may have went with the, the Notre Dame tight end, but man, uh, physica- the physical traits of Sam Laporta. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they look. Huh? <laughs> like, I think they got man. they got crushed they got crushed on on uh after after night one, but I think a lot of people softened on that. Yeah, uh, you should have. With, right. I know I, look, I, did, I did, and I'm yeah, I, and I but I'm here to say if it's to me, it's either the Bears or the Lions when it comes to the North, as far as the draft winners, like the clear the clear. I mean, because we could talk about what the Packers did or whatever, which is cool. You know what I'm saying? But, like, the Lions left with four. They have four starters, clearly, you know what I'm saying, in their front four, their first four picks. Um, for a team, that's, as Glenn was saying, is on the precipice of making the playoffs. Um, they told us who they are. They're not They're not dilly-dallying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're going for it. And th- I'll say this. Maybe a, a per- someone like me, I, I talked about the discipline that um, Ryan Poles has, and now the Ryan, the Ryan's are a lot further in their rebuild than the Bears are. Mm-hmm. But the Lions are also taking advantage of the fact that man, NFC is weak, right? You know what I'm right. saying? It's right. open. It's like it's it's all you got to worry about is the Eagles. If we be in yep. the forty nine, because the forty nine ers are never be healthy. I love the forty nine ers, but yep. someone, the quarterback or the, receiver. I hate, I'm not trying. To, yeah, and I'm not try- definitely a receiver, and I'm not trying to put anything on Running them. Back. Bosa, Bosa, like some someone is always, yep. especially when they get going, somebody's going down with the 49ers. and if mm-hmm. like so, it's 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 open. So I man, that team, whew, man, I I, I think they could have done a little better in some way with that second pick. I think they could have done better with their second pick. But if they are looking at that Campbell is that guy in the middle that they think they need, I think I, to me, I, I wish they would have went with another down lineman. I did want them to take uh, perhaps a cornerback, but they've done well with adjusting with their cornerback. I didn't think Christian Gonzalez was going to drop like that. Yeah, yeah, he dropped quickly. I mean, not quickly, but you know, he he dropped further about what twelve, ten to twelve picks further down than people would have expected, which is significant. Right. But I mean, they looking at what they did, man. Detroit came out; they came out pretty decent for an NFC North team. Yeah, I, I think uh, losers, right? Quick or not winners? I don't want to say losers, but people less impressive. The Vikings to me were a little bit less impressive, and the Cowboys. <laughs> and the Cowboys to me, I was kind of like, okay. And I think Buffalo, I think they'll be okay, but it's you know, it, it seemed it's like, yeah, all right, that's, that should work. You got enough talent to make that work on your team already. But to me, to Dallas to be a team that's on the precipice of being able to 
be a representative in a Super Bowl. Like you just need a couple of moves here and there. I, I don't know if the moves they made are going to be sufficient enough. Um, like I'm no just not. <laughs> yeah, not not so much. <clears throat> Uh, I like the Deuce Vaughn story, you know, with his dad putting the card in and, you know, draft card in and being able to just call him on the phone and say, you know, come be a cowboy, come work with your dad, come come to your dad to work. I mean, you know, you know, you know it's, it's, it's Hollywood, you know, get your, t- get, get, get your you know, get your, t- your, uh, your tissue out popcorn. of everything, your popcorn okay, your, no and your tissue, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, I, I just, it's like, uh, okay, we'll see. I, nothing – Nothing pops off the board to me when I uh, I look at their draft. Uh, nothing that I'm like, yeah, that's the dude. I just like a bunch of dudes right now, just a bunch of guys. So, but yeah. All right. By the way, shout out to the San Francisco 49ers. They uh, signed a Hampton Pirate wide receiver, Jada Kiss Bonds. <laughs> so we got to give a big shout out to them. Jada Kiss. Yes. Named after. Wait, wait, the- his name is. Jadakiss Bonds. <laughs> Bonds. Yes, yes. Uh, wait, wait. Is he from N- New York or that area region? Because what are you doing at this uh, point? Where is Jadakiss from? That's a good question. Yeah, clearly, he is from the East Coast. Like, that's just like, people, you would, yeah, you like would think. people naming their kid Raekwon. It's like, hold up, slow down. And I love Raekwon. Jadakiss. Jadakiss is from Williamston, North Carolina. There you go. Close enough. Wow. Yeah. East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Right quick, I but he spells, but he spells, but he spells his name with only one S. Oh, oh yeah. okay. But that, yeah. that that differentiates. You yeah, know? gotta be That's unique. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, what's that? Right quick, I just wanted to say, um, in terms of the Bears picks, uh, the free agent pickups, uh, they got Badgett quarterback. Uh, I like that pickup, you know, practice squad, but I just, that's a guy who had some great numbers. Uh, I forget what division he was playing in. I don't know if it was FCS or a lower division, but uh, he set some big time numbers. Uh, He's young, athletic, has a pretty good arm. Uh, I just thought that that was a a, a good pick to have and something that you can can develop and and see what happens. And something the Bears don't normally always do is draft a quarterback. (laughs) You know, it's like, Every now and again, they may draft the guys back up, but it's just like, can you draft someone with a little bit of upside that maybe you can trade them later if your guy works out or if your, your current guy doesn't work, you can build around him. So I just want to say, I just, I like the fact that even after the trade was done, they still were able to address, you know, a, a position that they don't normally address. They also got uh, one of Dion's kids uh, out of Jackson State, um, Nugget. What is, what is his name? Um, I think yeah, about the Bears. Yeah. Yeah, they got a DB. I think was it DB. He's a DB, uh, I believe. Du- uh Dejon Warren. Uh DB out of Jackson State. Nickname was Nugget, but I watched him on the uh on the what was oh, Dion documentary. Yeah, oh, Prime. So they, they did a big feature on on this player. Uh and he's supposed, supposed to be pretty good. So uh hopefully he can he can do some things. They brought oh, in man. a lot of DBs for undrafted free agents. Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah, one, two, three. Clearly, yeah. they're sending a message. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. And uh, Jalen and Eddie, I hope you're paying attention and listening. Yeah, they 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 better. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's let's wrap it up. That's gonna do it for this week's edition of the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. Ken Davis. From the Understanding Podcast, we want to thank you very much for joining us. Greatly appreciate it. You are always welcome. 
Uh, man, I'll, I'll be here. Uh, appreciate you, Ezra, Brandon. Of course, my dude, Glenn Morgan. Um, I wish you all the best. I look forward to rejoining you whenever you knock on my door, send me the text. I'm there. Um, you all continue with the great work as usual. Um, always love to see your brothers getting it. Um, and you know, let's go bears, man. Let's appreciate it. Bear down. Hey, Glenn, before you get your big job, man, just, just give us just, just, just a couple weeks notice. That's all we ask. Yeah, come on now. Cool out. Couple weeks. Cool out. Cool out. <laughs> before, he's, before he's on the NFL network. Right. Or ESPN, right. ESPN right. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but hey, you can catch our podcast at Apple Podcasts. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you find your favorite podcast. You can also catch us at hp53productions.com. There you'll find a link to our podcast and the Super Duper podcast hosted by Rob Griggs and the Father Good podcast hosted by Marshall Givens and Kenny Stevenson. Yo, Glenn. Hey, hey. Please take us out. Hey, man. This time I really mean it when I say it is. <laughs> For all those doubters, <laughs> naysayers, and anyone who had questions, I ain't saying I'm right. But I sure as hell don't think I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we catch you next week. <laughs>